Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Charity Charge Show. Today, I am so excited to have as our guest, Vicki Burkhart, who is the CEO and founder of More Than Giving. Vicki, thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you. I also want to point out um, some other notable roles that you have. And one of those we were just chatting about before we hit record is that you're a member contributor of the Forbes Nonprofit Council, which is pretty cool. You are the first person that I have ever met or had on the podcast that is a member of the Forbes Nonprofit Council. So congratulations on that achievement. Well, thank you. Thank you. I want to um, start this episode um, just by, could you just share a bit about, I know you've been in the nonprofit sector working, I think for, for almost three decades now, and you have a ton of experience. And the whole purpose of this podcast is we're trying to share insights and wisdom and expertise with the thousands of organizations that Charity Charge works with day in and day out. So I'd love it if you could give a little bit of background, um, just of your career, your experience, and then talk about what inspired you to create more than giving. I have really been, Stephen, aligned with the nonprofit sector my entire professional life. In fact, I, I go all the way back to my college days where I think I spent more time in extracurricular activities than I did in classes and would stand to this day to tell you that I learned more from those experiences than I did from my classes. I was a nonprofit professional from the get-go, started in alumni relations and development and worked my way up to a position as a vice president for advancement in a medical school in the Philadelphia region. Um, at the time, I had a two, a four, and a six-year-old. The school was going through some mergers, and I just decided to take a little pause and took on some small nonprofit clients where I could do one-to-one -one consulting with the groups. One thing led to another, and the Burkhart Group, um, which is now the More Than Giving Company, was born. I would have to say that my, my passion and, and really my mission gets back to a core value that I learned through my career in advancement. And that is that all nonprofits really deserve the opportunity to work with seasoned nonprofit professionals. When I was at the medical school, I had a staff of 100 people in advancement. The groups I was working with were lucky to have one professional to help steer and guide and build the organization. So I really made it a, a part of our core values at the More Than Giving Company to be sure that we were offering the same expert, high-level professional support to all of the groups that we were working with and hoping, hoping to do that at an affordable and reasonable rate. And I think so far, and we've been in business now for 23 years, we've been able to do that. That's awesome. You know, I'm so impressed because I started in Bootstrap Charity Charge about seven years ago. And, you know, it's only been within the past three years, but probably honestly the past 18 months that I really feel like I've gotten to a spot with, with the business and really the mental understanding of working on the business instead of in the business. Um, you know, and there's so many challenges and struggles with creating something 
um, out of thin air. And then also having the long time horizon of running it. Most, most small businesses fail within the first handful of years. But the mm-hmm. interesting statistic that, that really got me motivated is that most that are surviving, and this applies for nonprofits as well, which is kind of a little bit of my segue in the context here, but most businesses or organizations that make it past those infancy years and are, are in still in operation for you know three years later, five years later, 10 years later, are barely making it. I mean, they're struggling to pay their staff. So they're, they're operating their life. They've been there, but to get to, you know, a 25 plus year milestone is pretty incredible. I'm curious. Um, there are some specific things that, that, that we'll get to in a minute, but while we're on this topic, I mean, you are born and bred entrepreneur yourself. Yes. What are, if you just kind of reflect back, like what are some of the things that have made you the organization successful to be around for this long? Because again, it's, it's pretty rare that a business or a nonprofit would stick around for 25 years. And, and the last thing I'd say, which is, I just kind of to give some context to that for anyone listening that, that may kind of counter that is, you know, in life, we only like, we take things for what we see. So you, you, you may be thinking, well, there's all these organizations that are around for 20, like, that, but that's what exists. You don't see what doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, so no. What are your thoughts? Well, you're, you're very right. And, and I think it's important for both for-profit businesses as well as nonprofits to realize that there's an evolution period. At least there was for me. So you talk about, you know, the beginnings of the Burkhart group. I had a two, a four and a six-year-old and did a lot of my business in a minivan on a cell phone. And as we were sort of going and, and growing the business, it was growing with my family and all of the obligations that I had around that. And even with that, we were able to take on employees and build out that business. Um, And I was able to balance sometimes better than other times, you know, my personal and my professional life. But my kids grew up watching a mother who was, was always always had three or four balls in the air at one time. They understood who my clients were. They understood what nonprofit work was. They understood what it meant to be working with volunteers. Um, Our offices were right in the front of the house so they could come and go and, and really sort of learn from that. I think the real pivot point for me, Stephen, was when I decided you know, and really have to sit down and say, is this going to be, you know, a small company that, you know, has one or two employees and is, is sort of reasonable to operate? Or do I really want to build this out so that I can make an impact? And I think that happened, you know, as I started to enter my third life, kids are through college, out, living on their own, don't need me, and I can focus a lot of my time on the business. And since then, and I will tell you, we've got 28 people working for the More Than Giving Company right now. We've got 46 clients. We're a national organization. It takes a lot of time and energy to do that. I would be the first one to tell any entrepreneur that's building their business or really any nonprofit that is building and growing is that you need an infrastructure to do that. One of the toughest things for me right now, as I'm going through the expansion of more than giving, is to start to back away from face you know, client-facing commitments because I have been 
continuously an executive director of one organization or another for the last 40 years. So, so moving out of that, you know, feed in the game kind of role where I'm constantly learning and moving and, and allowing myself to let others uh, on my team take those roles and for me to really start looking at the business, that's been a big move for me. And I, I have to say, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm hoping by the end of next year to really be focused on the business and, and building out more opportunities for the nonprofits that we serve. I love it. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that has been a huge evolution for me is to get out of the way, you know, yeah. and bring in great people and also get rid of bad people. You know, I think it's really hard to, um, to, to find really, really great people, but sometimes the only way you do that is by you hire the wrong people and you, you, you realize then, you know, who the right, at least that's been part of mine is we've, work to get yep. our culture right and our core team and staff here at Charity Charge. Um, with that, you know, thinking about like uh, human resources and human capital, I know that um, coming out, you have a new white paper titled Paradigm Shift in Nonprofit Staffing. What is that all about and, and what, can we, what can we learn and, and what are you hoping to accomplish with that new white paper? You know, it's really a compilation of what I've learned over the last 40 some years in working with nonprofits. The More Than Giving Company is basically a virtual company. We work with our clients virtually. We're way ahead of all the people who turned during the pandemic. We've been mm -hmm. working in that capacity for a while, which allows us to bring a different staffing complement to nonprofits. What I have seen over the years, which has always been very concerning to me, is that nonprofits on some levels um, sort of wear as a badge of honor the fact that they spend no money on anything but their mission. And I think what I'm seeing more and more are nonprofits that are basically, you know, inhibiting their growth because they're not investing in their organization. They're not feeding it. And a big part of that is getting staffing and not just staffing, but I really believe the right staff with the right expertise at the right time. What I've written about is, is really letting nonprofit organizations know that on some levels, they're, they're failing. And, and statistics will tell you, as you well know, Stephen, and, and have, have offered, that many of these organizations will fail in the, in the first five to 10 years because they're just not getting enough capacity to become sustainable. And a big part of that is in a lack of, of the right staffing. What we're doing and suggesting as a new model is that you know, in addition to an FTE or volunteers, maybe the right model is to pull together a group of professionals in a contracted fashion that can come into nonprofits and really provide the expertise you need exactly where you need it, when you need it. So for instance, if you're looking to diversify your fundraising menu and you really need some high level development counsel uh, to help you build out a number of different revenue generating forms, um, moving from individual major gifts to corporate partnerships, et cetera. 
Not everybody has expertise in that. Not every organization has the dollars to hire an FTE, but put together a, a, a team that brings a, a nonprofit consultant and a nonprofit virtual assistant to do the project management together. And you can very quickly see a program being built out for your nonprofit organization. We see it in marketing and communications. We see it in board development. And, and I think, you know, so many nonprofit leaders are looking at how do I get somebody who can be really focused on finding the right board members. And it's something that you can bring some targeted team members in to take advantage of. Um, I, you know, all volunteers is great. And, and I think when they have the time and they have the expertise, it works well. Um, but that doesn't often happen. And what we're seeing more and more, I think, in the nonprofit area is that volunteers are busy. Family concerns, professional obligations, it's not like it used to be. Uh, volunteers and a consultant works to a point. And I experienced this myself as a consultant who goes out, does a great strategic plan for a nonprofit. We put together the implementation plan. I check back six months later, nothing has happened. And why hasn't it happened? Because they've got one staff member who is knee deep in the operation of the organization day to day and no project management support or administrative support to actually launch, monitor and manage the implementation of a strategic plan. So often the nonprofits are wasting money because we've done the good work they've done the good work and they don't have the staffing to enable them to actually follow through on the plan. So the new paradigm shift is really asking nonprofits to take a different approach to staffing. Look at bringing in what you need when you need it. Let people sort of um, move to and shift to a paradigm where you can build a team really through more than giving consultants and admin that will fill gaps, that will provide bridges to growth, that will allow you some expertise where you need it. And I think we can do it in a way that is affordable for nonprofits. I love it. I, I truly do. I mean, one of the most recent, I'm going to, I guess, for sake of, um, although it's someone I'm going to connect you to connect you with offline, but I'm going to leave nameless right now. I mean, one of my most recent conversations with one of the executive directors we work with, their organization is actually growing substantially. I mean, it's really impressive. Um, her work ethic and, you know, capabilities, but she is still doing so many of the things that as an executive director at this stage, she should not be doing. However, it's just so challenging in today's economy and environment to raise the money, find, recruit, retain a full-time employee. And then you have all of that risk that comes with that, including, um, you know, taxes, healthcare, labor laws, all of those things. So of course there's a place for full-time employees, but you know, I'll be the first to tell you that because I bootstrapped Charity Charge, I mean, we started initially with contractors and then we were able to, you know, convert those contractors to full-time employees. And then still to this day, you know, we have a handful of long-term contractors that really, it's really efficient. And one of the things that I like a lot about 
this, what you are doing for, for organizations is that, you know, one of the key things in running a nonprofit, especially from the board's perspective, is that financial oversight and governance. Right. And, um, you know, organizations, you know, quite frankly, like never know um, with the economy, how fundraising is going to be, are they going to get that grant again? And so the ability to not directly make a full-time um, hire, I think is critical. Curious if you could talk about like your experience with that and just like also your sense of, um, you know, how this model can really help organizations budget better and plan better from a governance and financial uh, oversight perspective. Well, just starting with an, the nonprofit virtual assistants, I really, you know, selfishly created the MPVA program to support myself uh, because I am, you know, I the, love it. That's where obviously the best the, the characteristics come out of. Yeah. I am a typical overworked nonprofit executive director who is trying to focus on the big picture, the strategic goals, et cetera. And I'm, you know, brought into, you know, fixing notes and, and scheduling meetings and things that I just don't have time to do. And what I thought was really important in this support was to make sure that it comes to nonprofit professionals, executive directors, development directors, with a knowledge of the nonprofit industry. And, you know, we are different than corporate America, without a doubt. Um, we, we have different rules and regulations, finance and otherwise, and we work with volunteers and volunteer boards and volunteer committees. It is not like having employees who have, you know, management objectives that they have to live on. These are volunteers. So we have put together a, a 12 module certification program that each of our um, virtual assistant candidates go through. They become nonprofit certified. I and, and some of my professional uh, staff members have written and put together this certification program based on you know, my 40 years of experience and the knowledge that I know MPVAs, nonprofit virtual assistants, need to have in order to be helpful to their executive directors, their development directors, et cetera. There is a base of knowledge, whether that be in fundraising, in finance, in the basic corporate structure, knowing the difference between a 501c3 and a 501c6. All of that nonprofit industry knowledge needs to be at least something that these MPVAs bring to the table. It makes them different than any other assistant you may bring in. Um, so as I started to work more and more, especially in outside consulting, I would start to bring an assistant with me because I'd know that the nonprofit I was working with didn't have admin support. And then we started to you know, uh, connect nonprofit assistance with various nonprofit organizations. And I said, voila, I think I can make a big contribution here by developing a program that will certify nonprofit virtual assistants and make them available to nonprofits. And that's what we did a couple of years ago. That's awesome. I want to for a sec now um, just shift gears to like the, the other side of what you're doing day to day. I know that you've been a longstanding executive director for many organizations. Could you just, uh, you know, kind of give uh, give a little uh, 
ref reference point to some of the organizations that you're working with, what they're up to and, and why you're passionate about them? Well, I can tell you it it has been it has been an absolute honor to serve some of the groups that I work with. I've had the opportunity to uh, partner with very dedicated, passionate people who are making a difference in our world. Um, they're they're fixing climate uh, related issues and sustainability. They are, you know, helping women find resources um, in their breast cancer journey. They are, you know, helping homeless find the care, food, shelter that they need. I have, I have been privileged to work with I, I, countless, I, I couldn't even put a number to it, nonprofit organizations that are making an impact. And I always feel that what I do sort of pales in comparison to the impact that these groups are making. As an executive director, um, which I've been for most of my career, I, I, I have learned along the way. I've certainly made a lot of mistakes, but I always tell people there are four things that stand out to me that I pass along to my clients, especially those executive directors who are working with organizations. And there are four things that I think are critical to a successful nonprofit. The first is a strategic plan. And it's usually the first thing I ask for when I engage with a new client. All of the organizations that I lead as an executive director have active strategic plans. And I don't mean strategic plans that you do and put on the shelf and, and look at, you know, once a year, et cetera. I mean strategic plans that actually navigate the direction and path for the nonprofit, where you make decisions based on your, your plan. You, you look at revenue generation and leadership succession based on your plan. It is a document that I think, no matter how large or small the nonprofit is, is critical to that success. The second piece is the right board. And I intentionally use the word right. And I, I was just talking to another client about this earlier today. Boards that I have worked with evolve, just like the nonprofit evolves. You typically start with a founder's board, you know, the group that is passionately embracing this cause and they're pulling together resources, doing the paperwork, getting their 501c, getting things, you know, on legs and moving forward because they sincerely believe in the, in the cause, in, in the, the problem that they're trying to solve. That, you know, after some years starts to meld into what I call a transition board, which is really the board that is going to move you from the founders. And lots of times they have fingers in everything and want to be involved in everything. And in some cases, slow progress because they're still personally invested in everything that's going on. And that transition board sort of allows you to start separating operations from corporate responsibility. It defines the role of the board and the board's committees a little bit more and, and that of what staff does. And that board, as the organization matures, starts to move into a more corporate board where they are 
really focused on generating the revenues and the resources that the organization needs to succeed, making sure that the policies and procedures in place, that risk is mitigated, that corporate you know, T's and I's are crossed and dotted, and they have an operational staff that is really running the day-to-day -day of what's going on. And I think nonprofit organizations have to spend time finding the right people for those boards. Founders board looks very different than a corporate board. The third piece that I talk about a lot is maintaining and building the capacity that you need to really support the growth of the organization. And this gets back to, you know, our, our paradigm shift in staffing and being able to have the right technology and the right infrastructure needed to support the growth of the organization. I work with a nonprofit when I started with them about 11 years ago. It's a national group focused on scholarships. They had 19 state organizations um, and the national. And we're just starting to invest in the infrastructure of the organization. They had a, a, a funding partner that was very interested in making sure that the infrastructure was strong. I just left their national conference two weeks ago. They are now present in all 50 states. They have revenues that are going to surpass the million dollar mark this year. They have a strong corporate board now and a strong operating staff, which uses our model and paradigm, by the way. Um, and they've been very successful, but they really focused on what they needed in capacity in order to grow. You're not gonna go from 19 state organizations to 50 without some investment. And then the fourth thing is, is really making sure you have the support you need internally so that your professionals and your volunteers can focus on the work that they need to do. And, and that's where you want you know, the, the head of Comcast who's sitting on your board making, you know, visits to prospective donors, you don't want them sitting in the office, you know, doing light bookkeeping or sending out acknowledgement letters. That's where organizations really have to look at if you get this much volunteer time, which is a lot less than we used to get, how can that best be used and where can you fill in with some additional support elsewhere? So that is that what is I so learned. <laughs> right. And that is so awesome how you just broke that down in those steps. How long, let me just ask you, because it's, I can't wait to share this with the organizations that we work with. I mean, this is one of the, I, I, I must say, quite honestly, the most impactful and just like knowledge distilled down in a way that just makes sense. How long did it take you to kind of crystallize those, those four main points and just kind of figure that out? I think, you know, back to your initial question about, you know, how more than giving has grown over the years. Mm -hmm. I think when I got to that pivot point, Stephen, I really started to take a step back and look at what I learned and, and really 
to begin to, to um, articulate that and use it in my day-to-day -day work with nonprofits. You know, that nothing, <laughs> nothing can replace time served, as I say to my fellow professionals in the field. And fortunately or unfortunately, I have served a long time. And in that long time, I have learned uh, a lot. And I sit and talk and think with nonprofits who, who come to me um, in distress and work with them on, on where the problem lies. And I will tell you 99 times out of 100, it's one of those four things, one of those four areas. And, and it really takes all four to get to that sustainable level, to get to the organization I just referenced and to be able to celebrate you know, a nonprofit organization in 50 states um, that are up and working serving thousands of students every year, giving out millions of dollars in scholarship support. That really takes a strong plan. And they're on their, I just finished my fourth plan with them. And you need to live that plan. You need to have the right board. You need to have people who are willing to invest in capacity. And then you have to have the staff and support in order to make that happen. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom, Vicki. And I'm, we're very excited. We're going to link to it when we publish the blog episode or the blog and this episode to um, your new white paper that's coming out soon titled Paradigm Shift in Nonprofit Staffing. People can also find that at the Forbes Nonprofit Council website as well. Um, Vicki, how else can organizations or people that are interested in learning more or um, working work with more than giving, get in touch. We we I offer actually free consultations to people who want to talk to me. It's it's usually a fifteen minute spot. You can get them at my website, which is www.morethangiving.co. Co. That's amazing. Great. Well, I I sincerely encourage our organizations we work with. We're going to really work to put this in front of them because I think what you're doing is so needed and very niche, but I mean, obviously it's like a huge niche. I mean, basically any organization can benefit from, from the wisdom you have and, and the services, especially in the, um, in the nonprofit virtual assistant. So that's so cool. Vicki, thank you again for coming on and being a guest on this episode. Thank you for having me, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. Wonderful. To everyone who has listened along, thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Charity Charge Show with Vicki Burkhart, who has been our guest today from the More Than Giving Co. Take care until next time.